Welcome into another edition of the Union Soccer Podcast. My name is John Jansen. You can follow me at jjansen34, the star of the program, Joe Tanzi at jtanzi90, unionsoccerblog.substack.com. Plenty of injury updates to give you, as well as a big match coming up this weekend for the Philadelphia Union against Cincinnati. Joe, it's been uh, it's been an up and down season, though. I will. I don't want to go too much into because we are far removed a little bit from the Red Bulls and also Toronto game, but it's just kind of the same ebbs and flows of the season so far, which we've seen with the Union. Some of it looks really great, then some of it doesn't, and then we're left wondering what this Union team, you know, what what they really are this season. Uh, have we have we gotten a clear answer to that yet? I feel like we're I'm, still searching for that, aren't we? I feel like in a way we are, but in a way we aren't. Right. Well, I guess right. It's it's answered by the way that they're playing in September and the end of August. And that's the question I ask, right? Like, right. That's, so yeah. I think that the, the one question I got a lot after the Toronto game was, have they, have they reached their ceiling? Like, have they peaked? Um, I, I honestly, I could see the case for that because last year was so incredible. Um, they're not going to win hardware this year, unless it's MLS cup. So it, it's, yeah, you can obviously say they've regressed. I, I don't think that's like a, a big secret, but in terms of like what regression could have looked like, I still think the standard's pretty high and the quality of play is pretty high. And I think if you take a out, take us outside the union bubble and go to like a national perspective. Which is always a good thing to do. That's Yeah, what. there's always, there's still the expectation that the union will be there towards the end. Um and I think that to open up the broader perspective too, there still aren't any good teams in MLS. We've talked about this for months now. Like, look at look at the the supporter shield table. There are a lot of like very average teams still plotting their way through Major League Soccer that are going to get high seeds. I honestly think this is in. It's shrouded by Messi, obviously. But I think this is probably one of the more down years in Major League Soccer. Okay. Like, none of these teams... Why do you think that is? Because usually by this point in, in an MLS season, you can point out, okay, these, these are the teams that are on the collision course for MLS Cup. These are the elite teams. Like, it, in previous season, it was... Yeah, this is probably going back a decade. Bruce Arena's Galaxy's team. Galaxy teams are making that push and moving upward. The Sounders used to do it every summer. It's July and August. Here come the Sounders. Um, and if, if you look across this, this group here, I don't know who stands out to you. It, it, the top two teams are Cincinnati, who have been elite at home. But they're unproven in a long postseason. And by the way, the, the signs are pointing to them playing Lionel Messi in the best of three series to open the postseason. You don't want that. So that, that why, that's why I kind of like am hesitant to be Cincinnati's dominant because MLS's playoff format's going to end up screwing them. St. Louis, very good story. Very good story. But would they be... Would they be where they are right now if the West 
was at its usual high standard. I don't know. And then the next five teams are from the Eastern Conference in the Supporter Shield. New England, who's an absolute disaster dumpster fire right now. Nobody has figured out what exactly Bruce Arena said to essentially get fired. Every everybody on that staff is gone. No nobody actually knows what happened, or at least is saying what happened, uh, which is incredibly sketchy. And God knows how that's going to reflect on the actual product on the field. I think they're playing Colorado this week, which is a the interim to the interim to the interim bowl because um, Colorado just fired Robin Frazier. Like or, Orlando doesn't resonate on a on a national level. They're kind of flying under the radar. So is Columbus. Atlanta is Atlanta. You know, Tiago Amada is great, and he's the, the marketable superstar. Um, but their defense is the worst among these top eight teams. And then you have the Union, who have been consistently good, just hanging around. And then it's then it's Seattle. Then it's LAFC. Then it's Nashville. Like, it's September 13th when we're recording this. You would have expected Seattle, LAFC, Nashville, the elites of the elite, or at least who we think are the elite of the elite in Major League Soccer, along with the Union, um, along with Cincinnati at this point, you would expect that to be like relatively close to the, the top five. But all of these teams have flaws. Yeah, I mean, just looking at it, because the Eastern Conference, I could, I mean, Nashville, I really like. You know, Atlanta, you mentioned with Almada, and mm-hmm. outside of that, you know, some questionable things, but... I don't know. It's just is our, how wacky of a year are we in for the Eastern Conference? And does that wackiness prove to be maybe a good thing for the union as they're having, you know, their quote unquote, I have to say a down season, just guys having a bit of a down season compared to last year. I think I think it's actually going to be a reverse of what we usually see. So usually the MLS postseason just makes absolute no sense and is wacky. But that's when we usually have like a few elite teams and got and teams pin themselves as underdogs right. and all that. I think we're in for a reverse of anything we were used to seeing in MLS. Like, yes, the Union and LAFC got to MLS Cup. Oh yeah, that was year. I know that was an anomaly. But that, that, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, and and usually the path to get to that point is is complicated. There's upsets, all of that. I look at this and say. MLS in 2023 in a whole, if Lionel Messi doesn't show up, this is a really crap year for Major League Soccer. Like, and I think it has to do with... Wow, everyone was right. MLS, just not good. <laughs> I think it has to that do was, with... All... That was a joke. Yeah, that was a joke. a joke. But maybe not really in, in this year. Right. Um, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just me being a, a, a pessimist here, but I look at the standings and... No one outside of Cincinnati looks intimidating. Well, maybe there's just a lot of good teams now. You know, there's a lot of parity in the uh, in the Eastern Conference, especially. Huh? Huh? But uh-huh. is is too much parity a bad thing? Uh, that's a good question. Because there's parity for sure. I mean, is, I know, I know for that, something like making, I, I know when I watch. Better? Right, right. I know when I watch something. I think like the NFL has has been that way recently, where it's just like. I think the NFC is a good example of that. Where like we kind of know it's going to be the Eagles and 49ers in the NFC. It's just like, mm-hmm. how else is everything else going to work? And you know all that stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. Parody, parody is a weird thing because I feel like there is. I mean, there's a to me there there is a lot of parody this year, and it is going to be, um, it's going to be quite the playoffs, I think, and obviously the the final stretch of the season too. But 
I don't know. Is that a bad thing? That's a good question. Especially in this year when, you know, all eyes are on MLS and then, you know, maybe you're not getting at least the, the, I have to say the best teams because these teams are good. Like Cincinnati is good Mm -hmm. and New England and uh, Orlando city and Philly, but still you're right. It's, it's not like the, the highest level of soccer we've seen from MLS. And now, now what would be the reason for that though? Is that the schedule? Is it the, the amount of games, the, you know, everything that happened this year? I think so. There's just a lot going on. There's been a yeah. lot of, there's been a lot yeah. of injuries and look, we're, we're, we get a little immune to things up here because of, of how things go with the union. And, and yep. sometimes we stay inside our, our little soccer bubble, which is fine. Like there's the MLS because of how the Apple deal is now, it's very hard to keep track of. Yeah. It's, it's like baseball. Teams. You know, I, I like it has turned track into everything, baseball, but it's, right. it's hard for me even to watch the rest of baseball because I just watch, I watch a lot of the Phillies. Right. And you with the Braves, you know, we, we stick within our own bubbles, understanding what's going on out there. But yes, we stick in our own bubbles. Right. And sure. I think that's, that's even more this year because it's just, there's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's so ridiculously difficult to even watch yeah. an extra game. If, if you're in Chester on a Saturday night, um, you get a multi-view function on uh, Apple TV. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. MLS needs they, a multi-view. They need function. a multi-game window. <laughs> yeah, that too. That that would also help. Because I saw not, that somebody mentioned, like, man, all, like every game at one yeah. time. I don't know. I think it's I, I think it's a bunch of things because at, at this point in the season, normally we're what five six weeks left. Very few midweek games. Like the midweek games are usually taken care of by now. Um, that's not the case. Um, it's just it's a very Bloss MLS season to me because if you take the Lionel Messi out right. of MLS, yeah. what what is the prevailing and all story of that hoopla wasn't during MLS play by the way, right? It was during <laughs> League's Cup. So like if you take if you take Lionel Messi out of MLS twenty twenty three, what's the what's the most intriguing storyline? Ooh, I guess Cincinnati's turnaround, but Cincinnati's turnaround. But St. Louis as an expansion team. St. Louis, yeah, that too. St. Louis is an but expansion like, what, team, definitely. If you if you blow it up even further and, and go to a casual fan and say, here's why you should watch MLS in twenty twenty. Yeah, this year not much. This year I can't I can't point. Because who who are you pointing to on St. Louis? That, no. this, and this is a credit to St. Louis building the roster the way they did. And it's the way the union have done it and in, in a way it's Cincinnati but with more money has done it. But Who's who's drawing casual fans in to Major League Soccer that that's not Lionel Messi right now? It's very hard to like because there's no there's no team to hate. Like at least last year with LAFC, you could hate them because okay, they're being accused of of bending the roster rules. They're really good. They're like the elite of the elite. With Miami, you can't hate them yet because they're they're in what tenth place. They're thirty. I'll hate them once they get into the playoffs. Right, exactly. <laughs> Everybody will hate them once they get into like a winning position. But they're still on the ascension to that that hateability. And even then, it's hard because Lionel Messi is probably the most likable superstar I know. I've yeah. seen in my lifetime. Yeah, like find somebody who hates Lionel Messi, and it's very hard. So that, that's kind of that's all right. I, I was it was easy to hate Gareth Bale. It's going to be easy to hate Messi. It's okay. 
I appreciate you lumping them in them in there together. Like I will. The I will just exact hate. person. I will hate. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, glad when, you will. When, hate. when those guys are coming off as substitutes, and the union have like a 17 year old player doing it, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna feel a little different. Well, like, here's right? here the prevailing topic of of MLS right now is like is Messi, which is good. It's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. But I mean, that's if, a bright, a gigantic right. topic. But if you but if you, you just kind of wish there was the more meat on the, the bone. Onion. Right, like it's you know MLS has to me you know since especially since we've been doing the union coverage, union have been great, so it's helped out. But mm-hmm. I, I just feel like the rest of the like last year, it was awesome to see LAFC and, and Union almost the entire way, like on this collision course, and even have great games in the playoffs uh, leading up to that MLS Cup, and then this amazing MLS Cup game. You know, I feel like there have been some really good years, and it's just a shame that you have this it, probably you know the the best most expensive steak dinner that you've ever had uh, with Lionel Messi coming in, but it's being housed in like a shack in your grandmother's backyard or something like that. Or, like or it's, it's being it's being served on like a paper plate. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> with rot with the, rotten the potatoes. The best tasting steak you've ever had, and right, it's just like uh, on a picnic table in your backyard on a paper plate. Like, there's been no there's been no drama in the supporter shield race. Absolutely none. Like Cincinnati's been ahead for quite some time, and it's, again, it's a full credit to what they've been doing. But from the league's perspective, and from what you're kind of from how you're viewing it, it seems like, and how you talk about Cincinnati, it's like okay, they're they're at the top of the supporter shield, but it's not like they are. You 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 don't look at them, I guess, as a okay. Well, yeah, that is definitely the best team in the MLS. They're not they're not building the the Death Star in Cincinnati. Right, Right. (laughs) like LAFC was like on the way to building the Death. There's no Darth Vader on that roster, right? And you you could. There's probably a Darth Vader in the LA. They're calling LA like Pat Noonan, uh, Emperor Palpatine or something. Right. And it's hard to also be like Jim Curtin today being like, oh, yeah, Chris Albright's sporting executive of the year and Pat Noonan yeah. is head coach of the year. Like when you're when the likability is there and you feel good because Cincinnati was really, really awful for a really. Can Union really fans own that? Can we be like, hey, those are our guys over there? You know, okay. we did that. We did that. I, you can, and, and Curtin touched on it today, and it's like a very, we've joked about it as them being like the Union Midwest Bureau. They kind of are. They are. It's 100%. It, but they've, they've built it with more money, though, with more backing. I think that's the... the Just you saying the that irked me. But I don't the, know. I, it shouldn't irk me like that. But it's Cincinnati like, was in, in such a, a dumpster fire with, with the way their roster was. Where it was just the fact that they've they've pulled all these moves off and are in first place and, and thriving, it really speaks to how quickly Albright and, and Newton have turned things around. And it's a full credit to them. And you know, Jim was very complimentary. And then at the end, he's like, "Well, we we still want to beat them this week," um, which rightfully so. And and the first time they played each other this year, the Union threw out their their B team basically. Because it was in the middle of Champions League, so yeah, it, it really is the first time the Union are getting a shot at Cincinnati. You know, by the way, Lucho Acosta isn't playing. Alavadoya is not playing for the Union because it's both because of suspension. Um, so it's a very weird, it's a very weird situation. We've had two weeks off, and now it's we're going back right into the the absolute full sprint of, I think it's what, there's two midweek games. So, do the math. There's what six, six games in the next three weeks, and then you have two weeks off 
until um, the season finale, which is stupid in its own right as well. But that's conversation for another day. But yeah, it, it really just, it's just, this is how an MLS season goes. It just, I don't see when I, when I scan over everywhere, I, it feels wide open, but then it also feels like lackluster, you know, in the, to do the college basketball comparison, when Gonzaga and Baylor were one, two, a few years ago, and it felt like, okay, they're just on a collision course and everybody else is crap. It feels like, not to that extent where there's two specific teams, but it feels like whoever's on the top at the end really is going to cruise because it there really is no there really is no depth within MLS in terms of of teams this year. Maybe yeah, maybe I I honestly player level there is, but not but, not with full roster. Yeah, but and and you're exacerbating that depth with a bunch of games and you know leagues cup and champions league for some teams and open cup like that yeah. i don't know is this, should there be a conversation about you know, was this was this too much you know was this something that was way too much for every team in the league and then uh, look a lot of these guys too i mean the union dealing with it international breaks and stuff mm-hmm. you know do do does mls need to figure out their schedule uh especially you know now adding another competition to it is, is there maybe a, have to be a conversation? Of, I hate to say shortening it, but scheduling it in a different way. I don't even no, know. How I, I don't think, I don't think everyone, but should those conversations be had after this year? Like, is that yes. a correlation? Oh, you absolutely. Can make? Okay. absolutely. Um, I don't think every team should play in leagues cup. Okay. I think you have to make that special because if you're, if you're pinning this as MLS is best versus league MX is best, make it their best. Yeah. Right, make right, actually yeah, yeah. make it, Make it like a, a mini version of your own Champions League. Yep. And you just got, you know, in the disguise of League's Cup. In some way, shape, or form, make it that. Maybe it's your, your 16 best team. Maybe it's your 10 best teams. Whatever it may be. Make it feel like it's significant. Make it feel like these teams should be playing a continental competition. Because if if you finish last in MLS and you're like, Oh, well, you know, we do get to play three extra games in, in leaks cup, no matter what, like there's no reward attached to it. Make it performance based, make it, I don't know what the exact number is because look, you want to play games in Mexico. I think the Mexican teams are at a, com- a complete disadvantage. I mean, look at how Monterey traveled and ended up just like, waving the white flag on the third place game because of, of how much travel and how much wear and tear they put on their guys. Um, maybe you make it like the NBA in season tournament where there's specific days for specific games, maybe Wednesday nights in June and July. These are your games. I don't know. Um, and you can't really use the European competitions as an example because the travel is much different there. Yep. Than yeah. is in the United States and Mexico. So that's a good I, point. You can't, I, you can't just model it based off of that. That's you can't I mean. just be like, Oh, well, Manchester United played in the yep. Carabao cup on Tuesday, the yep. premier league on Saturday, the champions league on Wednesday, and then back in the premier league on, on Saturday. No, that, that comparison doesn't work a because of travel, even across Europe is much easier. Yeah. Um, and then B those squads are, are much deeper 
like you have to find something that that suits your league and the competition. I don't know. I don't think anyone has the perfect answer on what to do with leagues cup. I think no, no, but it's it's something that does need to be. Do you think it will be talked about um, scheduling and, and things so, like that around leagues cup? Here's the thing. All of all of us. I feel like it has to at least be mentioned and discussed, and like this this has to be in the off season a topic of conversation. Right. So here's the thing. All of us have these fancy cool ideas that are that make kind of oh, no. make all and, sorts uh, of And all sense. MLS does is just try and piece it all together and just and you know, figure it out. And you fly. know what you know what Don Garber sees? Money. Money and the contract with Apple. Yeah, right. So right. like that's that's why it's so flawed is yes, from a personal perspective, I would much rather see say the twelve best teams figured out in twenty fourteen term. I don't care what the numbers are like just eliminate the bottom of it and then figure out the schedule that way. Or if you're MLS who tried to commit to fewer midweek games, well, you just shoved all the midweek games back in with leagues cup and made, made your teams play a congested schedule. So which one is it? Are you looking out for player safety? Are you looking out for the, the competitive balance of your league or are you looking for the money if it's the money part just be honest about it like i know this is a wild comparison but like why do we hate all these like people that take all these deals in saudi arabia just admit you're taking the money just Just tell me you're taking the money i'm not gonna like be proud of it but like just be honest with me that you want the money again completely different comparison but you know what i mean like Oh yeah, no, I, it it makes sense. Yes, like just tell me you're doing this for the money, for the TV revenue, for whatever you have to fill a requirement with with MLS season pass, and then it's like, okay, well now that you've said that, you can at least admit they'll never do that. They will never do that in person. But like, that's something that's a, a, a huge factor in why the the playoff format is what it is, and why Cincinnati is going to be at such a disadvantage of Lionel Messi single-handedly wins the 8-9 game, which I think everyone who has watched Lionel Messi with Inter-Miami is going to agree that's going to happen. So how is it fair to FC Cincinnati to be like, hey, you just won the Supporter Shield. Now you have to play against Lionel Messi in a best-of-three I mean, isn't, right, isn't that bad, though, that there, there was so much even just put on the plate of one player who, by the way, made his debut in you know MLS or with mm-hmm. his team at League's Cup, and that team was already saying, hey, you know, we kind of have to watch what we're doing with him and rest him and take him on the bench because he's played in too many games and also he's going to be on the international duties and things like that. Like, isn't yeah, that kind travel, of a red yeah, flag? South like, America, hey, yeah. we're, are they, this guy that's, you know, we're making this big investment into can't be on the field for some games because there's too many of them. There's too many games for him to be yes. on the field for. Yeah. I didn't like, even think about it that way. It, it wasn't. It wasn't a surprise when you know to go back a few weeks. Not at all. When he was on the bench for the game at Red Bull Arena, everybody was pissed off about it. But he just played the entire league's cup slate, played in the Open Cup, and then had to play an MLS play. It's just it's too much. Yeah. Even even on the the world's greatest player, like the amount of travel in the U.S. and Mexico is completely different from you know playing in at Barcelona or PSG. And, and that's the one thing that everybody says when they come over. The tra- like I, I've 
when Danny Higginbotham's around in, in the broadcast booth, I usually swing by to talk with him. And that's the one thing he... Oh, look at you name dropping now. Let's not, <laughs> let's not go past no, that. Uh, you know, Danny... I just you know, have my daily chat with uh, Danny Higginbotham. Should I name drop Dave Leno too? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Even though Dave, 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 Dave Leno, I love him, but would have a 30-minute conversation with the wall. And oh no, we'll have a third. I'll talk with him about tennis. Let's talk U.S. Open with uh, yeah. with Dave. And I love Dave. That's just I'm like living vicariously through Dave's U.S. Open tweets. <laughs> um, no, but I'll talk like talking with Danny because he's been traveling all across the country yeah. doing these Apple games. And I think, and to him, it was like, yeah, there, you don't realize like how much. Like, that's just the, mo- the most recent example. I mean, you name it with people who've come over in MLS, and it used to be much worse when they flew commercial <laughs> before the pandemic. Um, imagine imagine doing that so yeah it it's imperfect i don't know if there is a perfect solution to all of our issues here but maybe you can find somewhere in the middle that way you know we're not sitting in september and this all comes back to fatigue yeah i I, i'll be honest that two week that has to play a part in what's happening and even i mean to to bring it back exclusively to the union because we are union soccer pod and we're talking big league questions but even just bringing back to the union you know, the union aren't even dealing with this well. You know, they're dealing with a bunch of injuries and, um, you know, uh, guys that they've, done, they've like dealt with everything. it as good as they could. Right, exactly. But you're, as you're saying with the schedule, like you can only deal with it so much before it just overwhelms you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's overwhelming. And that's why the two week break was like needed. Like even I needed it. Like I saw a game. Like I was praying and praying that the FC Dallas game wasn't going to be rescheduled for the international break because I'm like, I just need a break. We need to just. Clean, clean break, and I do this with every sport uh, I'm deep into. I just need to cleanse my brain of soccer for a few days. <laughs> that way, I can I can recharge and, and be ready. And I'm sure most of these guys think the same way. And these guys who play, you know, I think the first thing that was mentioned after the Red Bulls game is how many days off these guys got because they they all deserve it. Like the amount that was, I think that was game forty. So. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, the good news is when you when you look at the injuries throughout the league and compare them to the Union, Union have been pretty lucky. Um, Daniel Gazdag is 100%. He's ready to go. Um, him being taken out of the Hungary squad during the international break was essentially load management. We'll call it that because that's probably the best term to use with his knee. Um, it, it planted a little weird during the Red Bulls game. Um, Carranza's fine. Jesus Bueno came back from Venezuela early, but he is, is good to go. Everything on his knee, uh, is all intact and, and good. And he's been training the last few days for Jim Curtin. Um, the rest of the group, Ty Barabo, Andre Blake, Damian Lowe, Olivier Baizo, Jose Ty Martinez, who? um, will be back Thursday. Is it, can we, can we talk about Barabo? I mean, we haven't seen like a lot, a lot, but. Have you liked anything you've seen? Um, think of ways that he could be used. Anything with Barabo yet? I think a very, it's, very small, small sample size. Uh, I think it's incomplete. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how much are you going to judge? Obviously, when a player like that comes over, like that's the first time we're seeing him, and so like we we can at least yeah. get some picture of like what kind of player he is. Right. Um, but um, yeah, it's still probably going to be hard to figure out fit and how to use it, when to use it. Concerning that. Jim Curtin said he was still in preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that was a hundred percent his fitness level 
or Curtin protecting him and saying, you know, he's not. We're just figuring things out. I, I don't know. Right. right. That, that's we're trying to, to look into. To me, that sounds like, you know, preseason of, you know, figuring out what they do, how they do it. Yeah. It felt also like a little bit of Curtin being like, well, he's Protective not. Protective of him? Yeah. Like okay. he's not going to. He's not going to take over for Ua or Carranza. Right. But like, what is his level compared to what the union expect out of a striker? Right. Um, and. You know, there, there's nothing you can take from the Red Bulls game, at least in my mind, because of the situation um, to say, OK, this is how he's going to fit all this. Like he likes playing with two strikers. Told me that um, when I talked with him a few weeks ago, um, he seems like a guy who's going to put all his his all into it. Uh, perfect union player. But as to how he actually fits, um Still TBD because it's it's just too small of a sample size. So hopefully we see that over the next few weeks. Um, another bit of good news: Leon Flock might not be done for the season. Uh, Jim Curtin said at uh, during his press conference today that he's got um, he got a second opinion in Germany, um, and he's not going to have a full sports hernia surgery. And they're going to try and and get some treatment uh, from that second opinion, and, and maybe have him back in a few weeks, which would be a positive. Obviously, you, you want to make sure he's 100% fit and, and okay, and and the union will do that, but uh, some optimistic news on him, and then that that's really it. I mean, you survived the, the transfer window. Uh, I know the, uh, the Julian Carranza news was, uh, you know, Olympiacos was the uh, one team that was named. Jim Curtin said today that there were many more than the one that was actually named. I don't think that's any bit of a surprise. And then the Kai Wagner thing, it, it is what it is at this point, right? Like, how many times are we going to do the whole the runaround? It just, I think it may be coming to a head because he's got the free agent status at the end of the year. But here's what I'll say to everything in the recent comments and everything with that is, how much time did the fan base spend in May and June, worrying about Jim Curtin and Ernst Tanner being extended. And then, boom, they, they've both been extended. Which, by the way, I know Tanner hasn't officially been announced, but he's been in Europe for a while. Um, that There's nothing wrong with that. It's just the timing of a, a release of that significance has not um, worked out yet. So I, I, I know one or two people probably worried about that. That's still officially official, just hasn't been officially announced. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not going to affect his play. Obviously it's not a hat trick of assists against the Red Bulls. Um, so is that something where everybody's just playing hardball with each other at this point? I think that's what it is. Yeah. I wrote about it last week. It just, it, it feels like typical hardball in negotiation. It's just this time around, there is a free agent status looming. Um, where is he going? That's the, the biggest question. What, what, where is he going that's going to significantly increase what he's making now? Um, if the union, you know, there's wiggle room for the union to offer him a couple extra hundred thousand per year and be on like the Glesnus level, not be a designated player. Um, and, he could still be here. So I think the only thing that's really changed is I think he's changed agents. 
and they've gotten better at negotiation. Um, I, a lot of the reports in previous years were from agents just willing and eager to boost Kai stock overseas. And the union said there was no significant offers. And if there haven't been any, any actually any offers in general, not you know, forget the significant qualifier there. So if there's no offers for him, like he's kind of stuck in, in a hard place too, because is he over negotiating himself? So, I mean, I would love to look more into it, but it just feels like the Kai Wagner is valuing himself as say a designated player level. You know, let's use this example. I don't have specific details. Um, there is a plan to talk with Ernst Tanner later in the week though. So please subscribe to the union soccer blog. Um, cause a lot of topics are going to be covered, uh, in that conversation, but it, that's what it feels like. It feels like Kai probably values himself as a designated player, the organization. If you go off anything in MLS in, in history, left backs aren't designated players. So is this all just a negotiation and maybe Kai being more public with it? Maybe does that, I don't know. Does that help us case? I don't think so. Um, again, where, where is he going? Where, where's the actual threat of him going somewhere? I know a lot of people mentioned Cincinnati cause that's the easy place to link, but Cincinnati would still have to pay him. You know, he's, he's still demanding X amount of money within MLS is an MLS team going to pay him that I don't know. And I don't know what, if what the specific demands are, but they're obviously higher than um, what he's getting paid now. So and, and who's taking him in Europe? Legitimate question. Who, who is taking him in Europe? This isn't a, this is more of a, a slight on how the, the European teams handle a player of Kai's, stature because he came from the third division in Germany. So it's not like he went to say like in a mid tier Bundesliga club left and now is set up to come back. And if Leeds with all the American connections last year opted for, uh, I think it was Max Vober above him, like you were playing in the championship at that level, you want to be fighting for relegation somewhere in Europe instead of fighting for championships in MLS. That's a personal decision. You know, it, it, what, what I'm saying is basically the same stuff we went over in March with Kai, with Kai Wagner. Um, the only difference is there's that free agent status at the end of the season. And who knows if that even, if he even makes it to that point as a free agent. Yeah, the union could step in and be like, hey, this is, let's get to a number. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, that's one of the pressing questions for, for Tanner um, in the coming days. But honestly, like, what what are the options? Are, is, is Kai just overplaying his card? Who knows? I, like, if it's a couple hundred thousand dollars, I think both sides should probably come to an agreement, right? We're not talking. We're not talking millions. We're probably talking like trillions. <laughs> oh, yeah, <wait>, no. oh. 
we're probably Jay Sugarman doesn't know what that is. Um, <laughs> we're probably talking about what 250k, 300k in an increase, and the union have shown a willingness to increase the pay of all their best players and extend them on, on longer term deals. Um, and if you're concerned about money, I mean, they're going to get, they're going to be flush with cash from the Carranza deal in the winter, whoever, like he's gone in the winter. We all know that. Um, it's just a matter of how much money they get in that sale and what they can reinvest in. No, it's an interesting, it's an interesting predicament because it's not, there's no, there's no obvious answer if you're Kai Wagner. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I don't want to lose Wagner. Can we just talk about them beating Cincinnati this weekend? How about that? I think that's reasonable. That it? Wait, that's reasonable? Yeah, they, they're right. Keeping Wagner is still reasonable too. I, I, I know everybody, the second they hear one thing about one potential transfer or departure. We all go nuts. We all go insane. Yes, I, I, um, I can't sleep for days. I got massive anxiety about it. Yes, I know. Like we go insane, and we don't. We don't. I mean, just. To... I mean, you bet. You better be uh, checking up on me if, like, Daniel Gosdag ever becomes like available. You I know, think you're okay with him. I, I'm just saying, if He's it does, if we ever get to that here. point, we ever get to that point. God forbid. Uh, I'm. I'm just. I'm. I'm not going to be good. I'm not going to be okay. I think Daniel Gosdag is okay. He's playing for his national team still. Is he going to be a Philly lifer? You think he's just going to stay here? I could see that. Really? Well, I mean, the long-term plan is him and, and Ua. I mean, well, he does sure. like basketball. So as long as there's decent enough basketball, well, you know, well, maybe he'll move wherever James problems. Harden goes. Maybe he'll ask to go to LAFC if he moves to the Clippers. Now you're just projecting things into the future, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he can't I, watch bad basketball. If the Sixers are going through process part two, I don't think Gosdag wants to watch that. You know, like I, I think to to make Joel Embiid's process. your best recruiter to keep the guy like Gosdag here. Um, maybe Joel Embiid can recruit some, you know, Griezmann or somebody. There we go. There we go. The only, the only time Joel Embiid show, shown up to uh, um, Subaru Park is when Didier Drogba was here. So. I don't know. Maybe you can maybe. show up the FedEx field though for the uh, Washington football team. I mean, talk about things people got upset about. Talk about things I got upset about. Probably for no reason. <laughs> that yeah, that is under things I could give less of a damn about. I know. I don't want to. I don't know. Does it? I, I don't know. Would it bother you if like? I, I don't know. I don't know what the union equivalent to that is. Would it bother? Like, what if Andre Blake was just going to? Uh, I don't know who's the if he's going to like a Giants game and he's in there hanging out. Good for him. If you, if, what if he grew up as a Giants fan in Jamaica? <laughs> that could happen. Right? Could happen. Like, I don't, I don't give a crap about that stuff. I mean, it is what it is. Um, where were we? Union, I think. Union. I, are, is Union. this the Union Soccer Podcast? I don't know. Is it? Wait, is we're, it? We're, at, we're at our best when we when we ramble and go on tangents. We got oh, like a we did get a really nice uh, comment uh, a few weeks ago on like your passionate about MLS thing. Yeah, um, and it being yeah. our league. So I guess and then I, we just talked about this podcast how shitty it is. So <laughs> <laughs> we're we're hitting all sides of the. the but MLS I like spectrum. that. I will watch that. Okay, that's what I like. MLS, I am ride or die. All right, ride or die. 
I'm allowed to call it bad because it's my own. I've been a part of this nonsense. Right. And for, there's not many people watching now. more MLS than you. So as as some as some would say, I've been all in on MLS for quite some time. So uh you don't have to worry about me leaving, but it's just like I don't oh, know. Oh wow, I was really worried about that. I wasn't sure if you were leaving or not. I think I'm just, I, I wasn't sure if you were in the uh in the uh transfer market. I I mean look, no. <laughs> you're you're a Philly lifer? You're you're here for the long haul? No. Um Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to trash outlets. That's not my thing. Oh, don't do you that. Know. Don't do that. No, I'm I'm playing nice. I've I've made a commitment to myself to just not. Yeah, we got to play nice. Bad. You've been no, it's mostly you. You've been very mean. You've been very mean. I've okay, been. Okay, no, no, I've been, I've been I've civil. Been, I've been mean for a reason though. Like hashtag ad. <laughs> um, but that's that's the, they fixed it though. They fixed it. I'm 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 leaving a compliment. They fixed it. There's no hashtag ads anymore. We'll see what happens this week. But that's all I'll say. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just is what it is. I got to. We got to worry about ourselves. What? What do we? What should we expect this weekend against Cincinnati to get uh, to actual for, on the on the pitch stuff for the Union to go all in for the three points? Oh come on, man! <laughs> Jesus, leave them alone. Leave, leave. You know what? Sorry, that was. You got to go in timeout. Yeah, you got to go to timeout. You got to go in timeout. You're terrible. You're gonna get me in trouble now. I mean, just unbelievable. I'm gonna get caught in the crosshairs of this uh but i mean not, not, enough, not enough people listen to this podcast to get us caught in crosshairs hey the five people that listen to this you know and could be greatly, could be we, could be snitching on us who we, Do we got any snitches among us who we greatly appreciate the five of you thank you listen. i know yes, i really thank do you. thank yeah, you for thank you. for listening and subscribing to our nonsense and waiting about 40 minutes for joe to finally talk about this bleeping cincinnati union game and, and wait us wait for us four weeks to put a new podcast out yeah. um <laughs> I, don't know. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be an elite game. Um, look, Acosta being out is big for Cincinnati. Um, Bedoya being out for the Union, I think, is huge um, in this type of game. Like I know we we talk about the Bedoya rotation and who should be in the midfield and, and who shouldn't and all that jazz. This is a game where you want Bedoya at least on for sixty to just man the right side, do all the little things right, potentially contribute to a goal. This is this is the game, the LAFC game next week. Also, against Charlotte, you don't need Bedoya. Like you can manage his minutes that way and be like, okay, Jesus Bueno, Jose Martinez, Jack McGlynn, go play on turf. <laughs> like you don't want to put Ali Bedoya on turf at this point, um, especially when you can rotate it. So I think you'll see the the regular characters out there. Um, I think you go Bizo over. Um, over Harriel. Harriel's been really good defensively and on set pieces, but Baizo brings you so much more when you're building an attack through the right side. Yes, he comes with his defensive flaws, but if you're in a game where you're at home, you want to be on the on the front foot throughout, I, I think Baizo's your guy on the right side, and then maybe bring in Harriel for defensive reinforcements later in the game. Um, I think we it, the eleven kind of picks itself. Like, let's be honest. And if, if the four fourteen, yeah, no, no injuries. They're they're for the most part, other than obviously flock. They're they're right. good to go, right? If the four four two is what we're sticking with here, 
which they should in this yes, situation. They should. They should. You go, you know who the back four is, and Damian Lowe is probably the odd man out, which it is what it is, because you got uh, a bazillion games coming up. Um, you go Martinez, you go Bueno, McGlynn, Gostag, boom, there's your strikers. You know who they are, Carranza. And you, you, you win the game at home. Like that's uh, your, your, the, the high level of union play that you saw against the Red Bulls outside of that early concession, which is a little bit unlucky on Damian Lowe because he was in the right spot. Just the ball deflected right off of him and, and back into the path of the attacker. Um, if you play at that high level, you can win the game. But that goes back to way back at the start when you say, what is the ceiling for this team? Right, yeah. They can for sure prove this on Saturday, but the, the errors and the mistakes that we've seen leaves that those ounces of doubt in your head. But if they, they come out, get three points against Cincinnati, I mean, where does the national the national hype train kind of go from here? It's like, oh, Philly's back. They, they can still do this. They, they've proven they can do it, yada, yada, yada. It builds up more to the LAFC game. And look, if we're having a realistic conversation about the two seed right now, which is what we should do, um, who knows what the hell is going on in New England? You have to think that affects them in some capacity. Yeah, it's just, it's getting worse. Like I'm seeing as we're recording, just Bogart still putting out things of guys who have parted ways and all that stuff. I, I mean, think Bogart just, just lives in that new lighthouse at Gillette Good Stadium that Lord, Tom Brady broke. Man. God. I think Tom. I think Tom's gone to like every outlet store in Foxborough this week yeah. just to waste his time. While he... <laughs> um, Orlando, like all these teams, like you play Columbus, so you can take care of that. You play Atlanta, you can take care of that. Like you play New England at the end of the season, you can take care of that. Like it, it very much feels like it's in the Union's hands. Uh, this two seed, and and we've harped about it on previous podcasts and earlier in this one. You want the two seed. If Lionel Messi and Miami somehow make up 12 points on Nashville with a game in hand, credit to them, all power to them. But top seven seem pretty secure in the East, and you think they're going to trade positions. It's Montreal and D.C. who are the vulnerable ones. Um, And if you have that, it looks pretty straightforward if you the union get the two seed, get as many home games as possible, and throughout that process, prove you can beat and compete with the best that we have this year in MLS, and it's FC yeah. Cincinnati, LAFC. It'd be it'd be nice to see that, you know. It'd be nice. It would be very I don't know, nice because we're just we're looking for that validation. Like I even saw one of the questions, you know, you you posted on Twitter, mm-hmm. you know, questions for the show, and it was kind of that, you know, why, you know, can, almost a question of like convince me that the union can actually, you know, get it together to make it run. <laughs> right. Like this is the kind of game to do it, you know. It is. Do it against Cincinnati and and give us some validation. Some because even if they were, you know, a couple games later, you know, let's just say they they do a great job against Cincinnati, they win the game, you know, two one, however they win it, whatever, look great doing it. I don't even care if they drop a stupid one in a couple weeks, whatever the case. I don't care. Just show me validation that that team is there. Like, you can mm-hmm. compete uh, with the, the top team in MLS right now in Cincinnati. You know, not to say that that's, right. you know, the, the team you're going to have to beat to get to MLS Cup, but that you are still that. Right, it might be. But you are still part of that upper echelon, you know, that you can compete and beat those teams. If you look at situations the, that you should. If you look at the remaining schedule and – 
if you say the union need to prove it to me against X team to show that they can do anything in the postseason. The two teams on that list are the next two teams that come into Subaru Park, FC Cincinnati and LAFC. If you can beat both of those teams inside Subaru Park. What if they got both done? They can very much get both done. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's a bunch of people out there that believe both can get done. I still think they can do it. Like it's not like this team it just completely dropped off. It's just the inconsistencies have been there more this season than they were last season. So if those inconsistencies get fixed and they 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 go away, and if you can play elite soccer inside your home stadium, which Jim Curtin mentions every single press conference, and rightfully so, they play elite soccer inside Super Park over the last few years. Improve it. Show everybody you can beat these two teams and get a point in Charlotte, maybe three, you know, depending on, on what the lineup is. And boom, there you go. Things are fixed. Love it. I think that's Seems a good way then. Is that a good way to end the pod right there? I think it is. I think that was it. I feel I like that's, it's a good that's way. That's what yeah. I was looking for. That's the sound bite, as they say, baby. That's the sound bite. It took us about 50 minutes to get there, Joe, but uh, we got the sound bite. Uh, so that is it for the Union Sector Pod. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. That can be Google Play Store, Apple App Store. Wherever you get your podcasts, go get them and download the Union Sucker Podcast. I even just Googled Union Sucker Pod. I saw all of our stuff up there, so you can do that as well. Also, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the Union Sucker blog, unionsoccerblog.substack.com. Joe Tanzi writes all things going over there. And Joe, obviously plug whatever you have coming up for this week and obviously for this weekend. Yeah, I know I kind of dropped the hint about midway through there, but yeah, there's there's plans to uh, hopefully sit down with Ernst Tanner this week and uh, so I would very much, very, very much suggest sub- hitting that subscribe button over at Union Soccer Blog. Uh, a lot of topics hopefully covered in that one as well. Plus the, the normal, the game breakdowns, the previews, all the all the fun stuff that comes with a normal match week. But, yeah, that's the big one. And uh, I know there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. Um, and I've seen a few ones out there that I'm saving for that interview because that's yeah. a uh, – those are ones that can be answered by one person and one person only. So, yeah, hit that subscribe We're button. We're definitely not going to answer them. We'll talk 50 minutes about everything else but answering those questions. You know, We're good at talking. We're good at talking. We are. Damn, we are good at that. You're very good at that. I don't All know right, if John. we're talking about any substance, but we're talking. <laughs> at JTanzi90 for Joe Tanzi. At JJanson34 for me on Twitter. At Union Soccer Pod on Twitter, at Fox BHL Gambler. Thank you for tuning in for the Union Soccer Pod. We'll be back next week with more right here on the Union Soccer Podcast.